Well, it's kind of been a, a week of ups and downs this week. Not just the typical roller coaster ride of life either, because this week the highs have seemed higher than usual and the lows, well, the lows seem to just be scraping rock bottom. We all have experiences this week that we could stand up and give testimony about. And I want to tell you about my experiences this week, but first I want to ground us a little bit in the word because when highs get breathtakingly high and lows scrape the bottom of the barrel, the only firm place on which we can get our bearings, the only place that gives us stability, the only place that brings all the rocking and the rolling and the tossing and turning and the tumultuous side of life into balance and perspective is the firm foundation of the word of God. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul gives us some interesting perspective I want to read from the message version of the Bible this morning uh, because I think the language is a little more down to earth. Paul says, if I proclaim the message, it's not to get something out of it for myself. I'm compelled to do it and doomed if I don't. If this was my own idea of just another way to make a living, I'd expect some pay. But since it's not my idea, but something solemnly entrusted to me, why would I expect to get paid? So am I getting anything out of it? Yes, as a matter of fact, the pleasure of proclaiming the gospel message at no cost to you. You don't even have to pay my expenses. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. No, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. And I did all this because of the message, the gospel. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. See, Paul's saying that I'm not spreading the gospel in order to gain anything personally. I'm compelled to do it. I'm mandated to do it. I'm commanded it to do it by Jesus Christ himself. What's more, I'm entrusted to spread the gospel. I have been sent by God. And because of that sending, I'm enthusiastic about doing it. I'm, I'm joyful about doing it. You don't have to pay me to do what I would gladly do 
for free. In fact, spreading the gospel gives me great pleasure. And then Paul tells us that he loves what he does so much that he has volunteered to be a servant, not just to the Christ followers, but to even the most extreme factions and types of people. Jesus ate with sinners, and so Paul says, I'm willing to enter the world of the most unlikely and unlikable people in order to lead them into this relationship that they so desperately need, a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And then Paul says, in order to win them over to Christ, I'm willing to be all things to all people. Not by becoming like them, not by behaving in an unchristlike manner, but by being an example to them of the genuine, honest, truthful representative of the one true God to give them an example of what it looks like, sounds like, what it's like to be godly, to be a saved person who is navigating through an unsaved world. Because, Paul says, the message of the gospel is important to all people. It's important to all people because the gospel is for all people. And Jesus Christ is the only one who is actually all things to all people. He's not the only. He is the only one. Who can on his own merit, on his own strength, be that for everyone. The rest of us have to rely on him to equip us to be like him. But Jesus stands on his own two feet. I want to tell you about my highs and lows. You know, when Angela and I, this will bring back some memories. When Angela and I were leading youth at Radiant United Methodist, we'd start our youth groups and, and we'd go around the circle and everybody would share one high and one low. You remember that? So my high this week was off the charts high. At the clinic, where I've done ministry for the past seven years, it's been a tough January. Financially, we usually get a, a, a very large grant from the hospital that's across the street. We typically get it every January, have for the past decade, and for some reason it didn't happen this year. Well, not some reason. I know the reason. The reason is the hospital changed ownership, and the new owners, well, they're just not familiar with how much money the clinic actually saves them by being there, and so they didn't see the value in continuing that particular grant. So that connection was broken, and so money's been extremely tight. And the other day, um, I think it was Thursday, our admin assistant is the one who pays the bills, and she was feeling kind of stressed because there was a whole lot more bills than there was money in the bank account. Anybody ever been there? So she was feeling stressed out about it. And so my friend and coworker, Robert, who's the facility manager there at the clinic, 
he and I decided that we would take our admin assistant, Tammy, to her, her favorite Mexican restaurant and treat her to lunch because well, it was just that kind of day in the office. And as it happened, when Robert and I went in to ask her if she wanted to go, a girlfriend of hers had beat us to it by about 15 minutes. She already had plans. And so my plans changed, and I decided I'd go get a turkey sandwich at Jimmy John's. And I got in the car, and while I was driving, my mind wanders, as it often does. And... I was in the wrong lane and I couldn't get through traffic to get across, so I said, I'll just go into HEB and get my own sandwich stuff and make it myself, and I did that. And so when I came out of HEB, a man in a white van pulled up next to me and he said, Father, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, it happens all the time, it's the college. But I spent 20 minutes in the parking lot of H-E-B in between my car and his talking to this man and he told me with tears in his eyes that he had gotten into some trouble with the law and it was weighing heavy on him because, well, he said he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But it was the kind of thing where perception makes you look really bad, especially to your wife and your kids and your grandkids, to your job, to those people that depend on you. You start to look like you're not dependable. You start to feel the shame. You feel the mistrust from those that are closest to you. And it was just a train wreck of a situation that this man was in. And it looked like if things went the way it, they were going that he would end up with some jail time, probably a, a broken marriage. And he said, I'm just not sure what to do with myself. My court date's in the morning and I was just trying to get a handle on all of it. And I was driving around and I turned into H-E-B to sit and think for a few minutes and I saw you coming out of H-E-B, and so there we were having this conversation. So I shared Jesus with him after I heard his story. By the end of our conversation, I led him in the salvation prayer, and now we have a new brother in Christ in the world. And if the story ended there, it would be enough, wouldn't it? So, as we talked about his day in court that would happen the next morning, I told him I would be praying for God's justice to be done. And he said, whatever comes from it, I'm at peace with it now. And so I gave him my card and told him that on this new journey, um, you'll have questions. And um, I would like to help you start that journey. And if you want, we can meet for coffee regularly and we can start this sanctifying journey together. And the next part is something that almost never happens because the next day he did in fact actually call me.
He said he'd been in court that morning and all the charges were dropped and the case was dismissed. Praise God. So I told him I'd help him get in touch with a, a few pastor friends of mine and he could start looking for a church home. And he said, well, why not your church? And I said, well, it's a long haul, this Splendora. Are you sure you want to start this journey with the burden of a drive all the way down to Splendora every Sunday? And he said, considering the journey I've just been on and the journey I just started today, Splendora doesn't seem that far away. I don't know if he'll show up in our church or not. Doesn't really matter as long as he's connected to a community of faith. But that was my high. Now the lows. See, that same afternoon as I was getting ready to leave the clinic, the new executive director and the chairman of the board came in and told me that due to financial issues, the pastor spiritual director position had been cut effective immediately and suddenly uh, everything that I'd built in seven years of kingdom work in that place and 75% of our household income was gone same day What do you do when the way you thought your day, your week, your month, your year, your life, when the way you thought that would go suddenly takes an unexpected turn? What do you do when your plans don't match up with the way things actually turn out? What do you do when you feel the rug is pulled out from under you and you feel as if the fall to the rocky bottom low is greater than you can handle? Well, the example was right there in front of me. And this man that turned to Jesus when he felt there was nowhere else to go. I've reflected on that somewhat desperately since Friday afternoon. Some of you here in this very room have had the rug of your life or someone in your life pulled out from under you this week. I know of several. I know. I've heard and I've seen some of the very real struggles in this very congregation this week, this month, this year. And I have to tell you, my tears join with yours as we lament this great fall to the rocky bottom together today. What's the answer? What do we do? How do we go on? What, how do we keep the faith to do the ministry, to take the next step? And the answer is... We turn to the one who is capable of being all things to all people. One who's able to be all the things that we need. The grace, mercy, hope, love, 
dignity, the only one who can be all of those things. We turn to him and we understand that the prophecy in Isaiah is true, the true as, as true today as it ever was. Did, did you hear it when Christy read it? The part of her reading that says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If the rug has been pulled out from under you this week, fear not. Because the mighty wind that lifts up underneath the wings of eagles is on the way. Believe it. It's coming. And God will take you from the lowest rocky bottom to the highest heights that you have never experienced in your life. Know it because your faith in Him provides the wind and the lift that you need. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.